Hey, good morning, Point Way Church family. I want to give you an update on what's going on and some announcements. Uh, I'm sure as many of you know, the governor made another announcement this week and he's extended the stay at home. Uh, therefore, as we are submitting to those, um, we've pushed out uh, the May 10th. We're not going to be able to open churches regular, so we're going to do that on May 24th right now, and we're shooting for that as our next target date. So May 24th, uh, we'll continue to do videos, uh, and the audio will be online as well. Uh, this Tuesday, our ladies are meeting. Um, see Amanda Wonders. Uh, they're meeting online, obviously, and they're working through a study. So I'd encourage you to take advantage of that if you can on Tuesday afternoon. Also on Wednesday night, our youth group is still meeting, uh, again, online. You can see Dave Wonders for that. That's at 6.30. Also, there's, we're going to do something with the National Day of Prayer on Thursday. We're trying to coordinate that as there's some things going on uh, locally, but also here at Point Way, we want to do something. So I'll be shooting you out an email, so you'll have some more information on that as to what we're doing as Point Way Church. But we do want to take some time and pray as it is National Day of Prayer. And it's a good opportunity for us to, community-wise to pray together. also want to encourage you to continue to give. You can either give online at pointway.org uh, through Square, or you can continue to send your checks in, and we'll process those there. So that's uh, it for our announcements and giving. Um, also, I wanted to make mention, I wanted to thank a couple of ladies this week. We've started cleaning the carpets, and uh, with that, we're washing all the chairs down. And so three wonderful ladies, uh, Laurie, Jill, and PJ, came in and started that process Brandon's working on our cleaner, and we're hopes this week to uh, start cleaning the rugs. But I wanted to shout out to those folks and thank them for their hard work. If you want to help us with that, um, contact PJ, and uh, she'll set you up with the time and, and, uh, and what needs to be done. So I appreciate that and appreciate the work that's going on. I want to transition now to our time of prayer and our prayer focus and uh, this has been a struggle this week to, um, to focus in on prayer uh, in the midst of all that's going on. And God gave me these verses uh, just recently, actually, and maybe it'll help you. If not, it certainly helped me this week to, to remember these. Uh, it's found in Galatians chapter 5. Uh, it's the fruit of the Spirit. should be familiar to you, but uh, in verse 22, it says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All right, these are things that should be evident in our Christian walk. And um, again, confessing to you, I struggled with that this week. I was not always patient this week. I was not always distributing joy. I wasn't very joyous. Um, I wasn't always gentle. So there's a many of these things that I just needed to confess to the Lord uh, and some of them I had to go and confess to other people that I uh, had sinned against. But these are the things that we need to focus on. And as believers, these need to be evident in our lives. And so even though we mess up uh, in these areas, God's grace is bigger than that. Our forgiveness is bigger than that. And so I want to take some time this morning just to pray about these things. And uh, that God would open my heart and reveal some areas that I haven't been distributing these fruits of the Spirit. And so that'd be my prayer for you. Um, maybe there's some confessing that needs to be done or some healing, or maybe just, hey, God, help me in this area this week. So let's take a moment now.
Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, as you search our hearts, Lord, you know those areas in our lives where we have not been listening to you, that we have been listening to ourselves. You know those areas that we have struggled in, that we have not done well in. Lord, please forgive us. Help us in those areas. Help us to to display the fruits, Lord. Help us to be faithful in that. And Lord, if we've sinned against someone else, help us to be quick to go back to that person and ask for forgiveness and restore that relationship. Lord, we want to remain in relationship with you and we want to remain in relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us in this area. Help us to grow. Lord, may it be evident to all those around us that we are believers in you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Pointway Church family. Uh, We're going to do something today that I've not done before. Um, God gave me a passage, a passage that I had looked at before in the past and had actually worked on. um, And I preached that chapter, but God said, nope, not that chapter, but the one before it. So we're actually going to do a two-part series on a little-known book in the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes. And we're going to do chapter 11. And hopefully we can get through all of chapter 11 today. It's a very small chapter, but it was kind of strange as I was preparing and working on it that God said, that's where I want you to go. Um, As you know, we've been working through Acts and post-resurrection and after Easter, which made sense. But now we're going back to the Old Testament. And again, there's wisdom in all of it. And um, I, I do let God lead me in what passages I pick. And today we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 11. So head back there. Um, A little background on this passage. This passage was written by Solomon. Uh, Most scholars agree upon that. And if you know Solomon, he's the the third king, only the third king of Israel. There was Saul, David, and then Solomon. And Solomon's a little unique in many ways that Solomon, um, being one of David's sons, was through Bathsheba, through David's sin and his asking forgiveness, Um, Bathsheba had um, Solomon. And so Solomon becomes king. And Solomon has a unique distinction that his reign is 40 years and there's total peace. There's no wars. There's no battles. Um, He's actually honored by many of the nations that surround Israel. So it's a little unique in many ways. Um, Of course, David did more than enough battle for for everyone. but, But David cleared the land out and kind of cleared the path for his son Solomon. Solomon also had an opportunity to interact with God early on, and Solomon asked for one thing. He asked that he would have wisdom. And so God's imparted wisdom on him. In fact, most, and we can all agree that on this earth, that Solomon was the wisest man. Uh, Scripture tells us that. And though he was wise, he wasn't always smart in the decisions that he made. If you kind of catch my drift there, right? Solomon was not a perfect person, but he was very wise. And so that's the backdrop. And Ecclesiastes is actually near the end of his life. And he's wrestling with coming to the end of his life. And he's kind of reflecting on his past. And as he's going through that, he realizes he's missed opportunities. He's made some bad choices. And he's even wrestling with the fact, well, I've got all this wisdom But in the end, does it really matter? 
You know, is this life all about just being smart and making the right decisions? And he's wrestling with that. And so he writes this this short 12 chapters that we have in our Bible at this point in his life. And so that's the context that we have. And as we, we work through this, you'll see some of that wisdom come through. I always like to, this is part of the wisdom passages. I always like to kind of think of it's like the, the older man speaking to the younger man. And again, he's, he's speaking through that. Proverbs is that way, right? It's the teaching. And he's teaching from a perspective of, hey, I've been through this. I've done this. I'm giving you wisdom. I'm imparting it on you. I'm passing it on to the next generation. So that'll help you when we go through that. One of the other things I kind of want to do this morning, a little bit different, is I'm going to read a bunch of verses, and then we're going to go back and work through them one by one, because the way it's organized in the scriptures, it kind of flows better if you do it that way. So we're going to do that this morning instead of line by line. So if you have your Bibles or whatever you're reading on, Ecclesiastes chapter 11 says, Cast your bread upon the waters. For after many days, you will find it again. Give portion to seven, yes, to eight. For you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain upon the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, and the place where it falls, there it will lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in the mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning and the evening. Let not your hands be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that or whether both will do equally well. All right, we're going to stop right there. That's half the chapter. That's six verses already. So there's a lot in there, and there's a lot to unpack. And so we're going to work through that. And again, we have illustrations, because that's how Solomon chooses to teach. He takes nature and creation and things that are around us, and he puts it into his teaching. And that gives us wisdom. You also have to get in the mindset this is a culture that's very much an agricultural culture where farming and harvesting is part of it, the seasons. But also at this time, there's trading, there's business going on. Israel is in a very good spot. Again, they're not battling and warring, and so it's a time of peace. So there's some prosperity. There's some things going on. Things are actually going very well in their history from a financial standpoint. We can kind of have some questions on spiritual, where they are at, but at least financially they're doing well. And even this first verse says about casting your bread upon the waters. That's actually a, a sailor's reference, and it, it has more to do with commercial trade. In Solomon's time, he had relationships with other nations, and so he would do trading of goods. And again, to the prophet. They had goods that other places needed, and so they would... Uh, in a way, exchange goods. Uh, and sometimes there was money involved, but quite often it would just be one item that you didn't have for another item. And so Solomon's had established this in part of his great kingdom. And so that's part of that is, is that inner commerce, that trading. Today we might say it's like the stock market in many ways and trading and selling of stocks and of goods and wares. 
This next verse, he reminds me a little bit more of it. It talks about giving portion to seven, yes to eight. Uh, that you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. It's actually a, a really good reference for finances. It's a diversifying. You know, you would say as a financial planner, you diversify your, your money. And that's kind of what he's saying. Don't, don't put everything into one area. We used to have a saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? Diversify. Move things around a little bit. So that you can be, so if one area doesn't do well, you're not, you're not stuck, you're not in ruin, you can kind of lean on those other areas, balance out. Again, there's spiritual application to that as well, about being balanced. Being balanced in our walk, being balanced in our lives, not letting one thing dominate over the other. All sorts of, of good teaching here. And again, so those are the financial things. And again, we're relying upon God for these things. That's kind of the overarching, right? God is the one that's in control. Verse 3 talks about clouds are full of water. They pour rain upon the earth. Right? It's not always dependent. We can do all the work and all the planning, and we can have everything all set. Certainly through these times, right, we've, we've done lots of planning. We've done lots of work. Uh, you know, as a church, we were planning on opening May 10th. We started working towards that. And guess what? God in his wisdom has allowed things to change, and so we're not going to open on May 10th. We're looking at May 24th. Just one example of many. I'm sure you know of some yourself. But it's a reminder of who's really in control, right? God's in control of these things, right? Can we control the, the rain? No, we can't control that. No, we can help. We can water and stuff. But we can't keep that up unless God provides that water. Then we need a certain amount of sunshine, we need all of that. I love this, this next verse, and especially in the fact that I've been cutting some trees lately. Uh, it says, whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Right? A tree comes down, uh, even in the planting stages. I know one of the trees that I cut just recently, I notched it, and it was leaning, and I said, ah, it's going to fall right there. And I kind of wanted it to fall right there. But guess what? It didn't. And that's probably more reflective on my poor cutting abilities, but uh, the tree fell uh, where the wind was pushing it and uh, where it landed. But you know what? Where it landed, it lied. And so again, there's humor in that, but it's also showing us, once again, that we're not always in control, right? We don't get to determine everything. We can plan and we can prepare and we can put things in place. But we're not always, we're not in control. God is ultimately in control. He's the one that determines these things. Things that quite often we would not have planned. But God had a bigger plan or a better plan. And so that's a reminder of that. Next verse, verse 4. It says, whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. It's kind of an interesting one, planting and, and that. But... What it's actually referring to here and and what Solomon is saying is uh, if you wait for the perfect time, it probably is not going to happen. I think this is really a warning against procrastination, right? How many things have we said we were going to do during this time of a break? And I was actually talking to even a pastor this week, and we were both laughing because going into this, we said, ah, this will be good in a way. I'll get some of my reading done. And as we were confessing to each other about what we've been reading 
um, I think we're behind actually rather than ahead in our reading. And so um, I need to take these verses as well and apply them to my life. But again, waiting for the perfect scenario or the perfect situation or the perfect timing I think we miss out on a lot of opportunities sometimes. We don't, we don't take advantage of things that, that are before us. And that's what Solomon is saying here with this. Um, if you're watching and looking for everything just to be right, uh, it may not happen. Um, sometimes we have to push through. We have to, to be um, more persevere, persevere through those things and work through them. Verse 5, as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in, which the mother, in the mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. And this one, he explains it a little bit more, right? Uh, how the body is formed, how those cells, yeah, we've studied it, but it's still a miracle every time a baby is born. So looking at that this week as well, as we had our virtual lapse banquet online this week and uh, the importance of life and how, how precious that is and what a miracle it is for a baby to be born. Uh, it's one of those things that's hard to even fathom, you know, and, and I remember watching my own kids being born and just the, the, the overjoy, the amazement, the wonder. And I'm sure for you mothers, it's even more. But again, God's the one that orchestrates that from the beginning to the end. Again, this is Solomon later on in life. He's looking backwards at this. And Solomon knew a lot about it. He had a lot of children. He had a lot of wives. Again, remember I told you Solomon was very wise in wisdom, but he didn't always make right choices. When it came to to women, Solomon certainly didn't make a lot of wise choices there. And it caused him a lot of heartache, caused him a lot of wrong decisions. But he understood uh, the blessing of children and the, uh, the, the awe and the wonder and the miracle that it is. It goes on in verse 6 here as we wrap up this section. It says, Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let your hands, and let not your hands be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Again, it's a nice little proverb here and some wisdom he's imparting. Um, we have to be careful that, we, again, that balance in what we do. And you know, we put all of our focus in the morning doing this thing, and we say, oh, that's it, I, I can take a break. But when there's more work to be done, then, then we need to do those things as well. And, again, we can be successful in more than one area. So I think that's what Solomon is trying to impart. And it's a, it's a great passage for teaching. And you say, well, Charlie, a lot of these things are, are common sense, right? We would say common sense things. But I don't know about you, but I sometimes forget common sense, or I don't have common sense, and I need to be reminded. Again, this is the wisest man that's trying to pass this on to the younger generation. And so it's great teaching. It's great teaching for us. And uh, yes, I'm old, but I'm not that old where I still can't do some of these things, and I need to learn from these as well. So that's the first section of this chapter. And the second session is going to change a little bit. But yet, it's still the overarching riding theme here, that God is in control, he is the creator of all things, and that we need to make the most of the time that we have. And so verse 7 starts off, it says, Light is sweet, and it pleases the eye to see the sun. However many years a man may live, let him enjoy them all. But let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. 
Everything to come is meaningless. Be happy, young man, while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see, but know that for all these things God will bring you to judgment. So then, banish anxiety from your heart and cast off the troubles of your body, for youth and vigor are meaningless. It's an interesting passage. It, it kind of goes back and forth. And again, that's where I think Solomon is reflecting as he's, he's teaching and he's, he's trying to impart this. But he, again, his own thoughts and his own life, as he's looking back over the years, he realizes, in many ways, he realizes that he's missed some opportunities. Some things he should have done when he was younger that he can't do now because he's older. Um, some of you that are around my age, you can understand that, or maybe even a little bit older, right? I can't do the things that I did when I was in my 20s. Heck, who am I kidding? I can't even do the things that I can do in my 30s. Most days I can do most of the things that I used to do in my 40s at least, now at 50. But it's so true, right? Our bodies are limited. They don't move the same way. They're, they're not in the same shape. Things change over time. Our bodies grown with age. So that is it's all part of it. And again, that's what Solomon is wrestling with as well. Now he's that, that older man. But let's look back through this. Because again, there, I think there's pieces of this for all of us. It says, light is sweet and it pleases the eye to see the sun. Now, how many times do we miss out on just the, the thankfulness of just having the day? Right? That sunrise in the morning is so beautiful. I've also noticed it's getting earlier and earlier. But isn't it just amazing that God does that for us? That we, we start our day with a beautiful sunrise. Now, not every day is a sunrise. Some days it's cloudy, we don't see it. Or it's raining. Or it's cold. But again, it is pleasing to see that sun come up. And to know that we have another day. It's another opportunity. God's given that to us. And so I think here it doesn't only please the, the eye, but it should, should please our souls to know that we have another Another day on this earth. Again, it's a sh- relatively short amount of time, especially in light of eternity. Verse 8. However many years a man may live, let him enjoy them all. But also let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Right? Not every day is a good day. Let's just be perfectly honest. There are days that are a struggle. There's a, there's a days when we get done with that day and we're like, Man, I hope I never have another day like that. And again, it's not because of our choices quite often. It's a day that's just been a tough day. And I think God gives us some of those rough days so that we enjoy those days that things go better. Maybe that much more. Right? It's a little more sweeter when we have a couple of good days in a row. Otherwise, in our human nature, we probably become complacent. We wouldn't enjoy them. They wouldn't mean as much. So there are going to be good days, and there are going to be bad days. And so take joy in the ones that are, are good. And also take hope and encouragement that, all right, we're having a bad day today, tomorrow will be better, if God allows. Interesting, this last sentence here, he says, everything to come is meaningless. I think he kind of tips that in there, because again, he's been wrestling, actually the 10 chapters before this, goes back and forth. Remember I said earlier that it's that wrestling between folly and wisdom. And what does it all mean? 
You know, is it sometimes it's better to be foolish and to, to know what's right and have to do what's right all the time? It's that struggle. And then sometimes I think Solomon just throws up his hand and says, everything is meaningless. Again, what do we place value in? We have to be careful with that. But also there's, there's value in just knowing that, you know what, things um, only hold a value for a certain amount of time. And that we need to hold value to those days that we have. Kind of brings it back down and simplifies it. I love here, it gives a message to the young, though. Again, it sounds like it could be talking down to the, the young, but actually he encourages them here with verse 9. He says, be happy, young man, while you're young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Right? Again, as an older man, I'm not begrudging someone that's younger. You know, Be happy. Enjoy those days. Again, we also have the, the knowledge of going through all those years that, hey, it's only a short time there as well, that you are a young man and you have your youth and you have your strength. You know, enjoy the moments. Enjoy each moment as we get them, each stage in life that we're at. Right? And be happy in those. So it's, a, it's really a word of encouragement here and uh, I'm not looking down on the younger generation, but encouraging them. Enjoy it. This next sentence is interesting, too. It says, follow the ways of your heart, and whatever your eyes see, right? So the first part of this is, hey, follow your heart. Follow your dreams. Go after them. Don't be afraid. Just go after them with all your energy. Follow your career at that moment, or follow your dreams, or what you think is right. Travel. Do whatever, whatever your heart desires at that point. But then he balances it as we have to do with all things, right? But, and again, that but here is a transitional word. It, like, all right, that's okay to a point, but also bear in mind, but know that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment, right? So yeah, chase after our heart, but is that what God desires? You know, does God place that on our heart? Is that something we need to go after? We have to be careful with it. But if God does and God opens that door, then go after it. It's okay. Take that next step. PJ and I were just talking about, uh, as we were talking, I was explaining some of this passage, and we were talking about making decisions and how hard that is sometimes because um, most major decisions in your life require a step of faith, right? And, and God doesn't lay out the whole plan for you. When you take that step, um, it's a step of faith. It's stepping out not knowing where the foot is going to land. And that first step is one of the hardest, I get that. I, I've been there. It's a hard step to make. But I know that if you take the, the step of faith, God will allow you to take the next step. And he, you know, because he also knows us, he quite often gives us confirmation once we've made a few steps down the road. But he doesn't lay it all out for us. He doesn't, oh, hey, if you take this step, you're going to be everything's going to be all right. Things are going to go well. No, there's going to be steps where we're not going to be sure. There may be some doubt when we make that step, but go after them. If God's called you to do something or make a step, go after it. He'll provide. He'll show you. He'll confirm it. You'll know. And I think that's part of what Solomon in here, and he's trying to encourage that. But also know we have to give an account right, for what we do and what we don't do. 
And then lastly here, this section, and again, this, this whole chapter is a setup for next week, so don't miss next week's message either. But verse 10 here is part of that transition. It says, so then banish anxiety from your heart and cast off the troubles of your body for youth and vigor are meaningless. Kind of a downer in many ways. This is kind of a, a verse, but again, it's a transition verse. And then, again, Solomon's teaching goes back and forth. And so this is part of that. But banish your anxiety. It's an interesting word. Uh, you know, we, we know in the New Testament, there's a couple places where it says, do not be anxious, do not worry. Kind of a little more hard, but this one's like banish it. I kind of actually like this meaning better as I was studying a little bit more. But the, the banishing is, is keep it at bay, to, to push it away. That anxiety, not denying that it's not going to be there, but just banishing, sending it, sending it away. That's the thought here. The king, if he banished you from his court, he would just send you away. He had control over it. I think that's the key here. If we do have control over our anxiety, but we can we can send it away. We can banish it. There's there's things to do, and again, we can do a whole series on anxiety and worry. But there's a, a key in this word about just banishing it away. And again, from the heart. It's a hard thing. It's not, not just the word thing. Many times I, even especially lately with everything going on, I've talked with some people or the anxiety's high and, and they're worried. They're worried about the future. They're worried about their business. They're worried about finances. They're worried about their health. Um, that's not the time to say, well, just don't worry. I get it. If someone was telling me that at that moment, I'm not going to receive it well. It doesn't help. It really doesn't. That's not a good teaching moment. You know, we do those things when there's a better time, when timing is better and when you're not in the midst of it. But anxiety and worry is part of it. And again, it's a hard issue that we have to continually wrestle with. And part of that here goes well with this next teaching. It says, and cast off the troubles of your body. Right? It has effect, you know. It, 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 the anxiety deteriorates our body in many ways. It has a toll that it pays. And so it says, cast them off. Get those things out of the way. Back to that banishing. Get rid of it. And there are things that we can do to, to help alleviate some of those. Uh, we carry around things. We carry, quite often we carry around things that were never intended to carry. Things that only we should be giving to God. That God is the one that needs to carry that load. Right? That burden's too much for us. We need to give it. And then lastly here, for youth and vigor... Are meaningless, and again, he's he's hearkening back, and and I know I keep saying it, but it's important to to, to remember in context here. Um, he's had that, he's had his youth, he's had his vigor, his strength, and now it's gone, and it's meaningless. The things that he did in his youth don't have the the effect that it does now. It's not things that he's going to do now. It's not um, temptations, or it's not the it's not the same. Things change as you get older. They're not as, they're not as easy to, to do or they're not impossible to do. And so he's reflecting back saying, well, at this point, they're meaningless. I can't go back in time and change it. It's one of the interesting things about life, right? Once we make a decision and we, we go forward, we can't go back and undo that decision and we can't recreate that situation, right? And so... At that point, it really doesn't do us a whole lot of good other than to learn from the mistake of it. But to go back and unchange the decision, we really can't do it. We can't recreate it. And so it's meaningless. 
We just learn from it and we go forward. We need to, to move forward in whatever direction God has for us next. So I hope you've gotten something out of this, and hopefully this has been helpful to you. Um, I just want to kind of highlight a couple of things here, three things to be exact, um, as we're going to work through this over the next two weeks. But um, number one, each day is a gift, right? God reveals his creation, and he is revealed through it. Each day is a gift from God. Don't waste it. Days are too precious. Guess what? After today, I'm going to be older tomorrow. True statement. And that's the same for you, right? So each day is a gift. Use it to the fullest. Second, one of the other things that that you can pull from this passage, don't put things off. Don't wait for the perfect timing. Don't wait for everything to be lined up or when I'm at my peak or no, go forward. God's telling you to go for it. Take the step. Waiting won't help. In fact, waiting can cause you to miss opportunities. Right? So go for it. Number three. And we just covered it just recently, but you will be judged. We'll be judged on the things that we do, and we'll be judged on the things that we didn't do. And so we need to take that into account as well. We need to be aware of them. So those three things can help you. And maybe there was more. Maybe there were some other things that you got from this. And I would encourage you, if you haven't read this this book in our Bible, that you do take some time and read the the first 10 chapters and then reread chapter 11. And may it encourage you. May it help remind you of some of those things, those common sense things. May it help you to value each day and remember who God is and give God the praise for it. Bow with me, please. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your guidance, your wisdom that you do give to us. Lord, in James it says that if we ask with the right motives, that you will give us wisdom. And Lord, in uncertain times, we need that. We need that help from you. We need that guidance. And Lord, I pray that each and every person, Lord, that you would speak to them. You know the path that you put them on. You know the next step. And Lord, I also want to praise you for today and thank you for the gift that you give us of each and every day. Lord, may we be a people of thanks. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Pointway Church family, I love you. Looking forward to to gathering soon. And remember, you are always in our prayers. And if you need something, please get in touch with us. Have a great day.